So in the days of coronavirus, it's not so easy to get together and do all of the recording we normally do for the podcast, Eat, Drink, Smoke. We eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, smoke the fine cigars. It's good to be with you. Tony Katz. And so in this episode, I've been trying out a new show called Virtual Bourbon, doing some interviews with people over a drink. So I did one with John Rich, the country music star. He is, of course, also the proprietor, the guy behind uh, Redneck Riviera Whiskey, which is an American whiskey. A really cool story. We did this interview uh, just a week or so ago. He also has a restaurant in the Nashville area. So how he's dealing with coronavirus, how his companies in terms of not only the restaurant, but the whiskey business, the touring operation are dealing with coronavirus. Talked about that. And then I had a conversation with Rabbi Ben Sendro about spirituality and God in coronavirus and how things are going. Uh, bo- both men drank. I'm not going to lie <laughs> about such a thing. It was very cool. So we took those two interviews, which you can get on, on YouTube. You can find them at TonyCats.com, TonyCats.com. But if you go to my YouTube channel, which I really admittedly haven't done much with and I'm just getting back into, uh, Tony Katz TV on YouTube, you could subscribe. That'd be great. Uh, and you could see them uh, there. But we we took out the separated the audio and well, fingers below I did it. I just sat there and smiled. Um, I wasn't even there. I was in a completely different room because, you know, uh, it's the virtual, it's the social distancing. You know what we're talking about. So he uh, got the audio in there. That is what you're about to hear. John Rich of Big and Rich and Rabbi Ben Sendro on what coronavirus is doing to small business and large business all across America and spirituality and God dealing uh, with coronavirus. Uh, There was bourbon, there was whiskey, there was scotch, there was love. Here it is. The bourbon is Redneck Riviera. It's the age of coronavirus, and we're doing all right. This is Virtual Bourbon. Now, John Rich uh, is the guy you thought you were going to be when you grew up. John Rich uh, is, uh, well, he's done it all. He's he's made it in music. He's made it in bourbon. He has made it uh, in, in restaurants. And speaking of that bourbon, it is indeed Redneck Riviera. Riviera. See if I can only say it right. I haven't even started drinking. Uh, we're talking about 80 proof here, 40% alcohol by volume. And this is a blended whiskey that he's got going on. So let's start with uh, the, the, the basics, young man. Um, okay. I, I want to talk bourbon uh, first. How did you get into the whiskey business? And tell me about this whiskey. So first of all, thanks for having me on your show, man. I'm a, I'm a fan. I've been watching you more and more and always love what you have to say about what's going on. And it's cool that you're a whiskey fan just like me. We got that in common. Most definitely. Um, I've always been a crown royal guy. If you, if you, if you know big and rich music at all, you know our biggest song, Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy. And in that song, it says, buy the bar a double round of crown and everybody's getting down and this town ain't ever going to be the same. Like that's always been the go-to cocktail for big and rich. It always has been. And several years back, I'm looking at a bottle of Crown Royal and it's, of course, says Canadian blended whiskey. And I thought to myself, huh, I wonder if there's such a thing as American blended whiskey. And so I went to a bunch of big liquor stores and I asked the guy, hey, would you show me where your American blended whiskey is? And every time I did that, they had the same answer. We don't have anything called that. I, Bill, we got anything called that? No, we ain't got. No, I'm sorry, sir. There's nothing called that. So I thought I'm going to take on this uh, assignment and see if I can come up with America's answer to Crown Royal with a blend of American whiskeys that's really smooth, has a great finish and is also something you can afford. Let's see if we can put all those things together. 
So you can't drink blended. You're gonna drink blended whiskey. Drink American is what we say. Drink American. So I went after it in 2017. Uh, we launched it in 2018, and now here in 2020, we're in 10,000 stores, 49 states, and uh, it, it's been an incredible uh, runaway success. People seem to love it. So I I I poured myself one. Uh, oh, I, I I got oh yeah, what? I'm a trained professional. You're hey. look at you, look at you hey. right there. Hold on a second, prepared, man. Absolutely, first to your health, man. Absolutely, Here's Let, bottle. Here's that, you, Absolutely, here we go. Now, when you're dealing with it, with it, with a blended, first you know it's it's not in any way uh, traditional bourbon in in that regard, right? So bourbon is 51 percent. Right corn. It has to be done in an American charred oak barrel, and you can only dilute with water to reduce proof. You can't really right. mess with it for anything else. But when you're dealing with a blended whiskey, you got a lot of play. You got a lot of room uh, you can yeah. work with. So when you started sourcing, right, what do, what was like? What was the flavor profile for you, right? Okay, I, I know what Crown is, but I don't think people right. think of Crown as like, oh man, I gotta get me some. It's more of a of a very old school, uh, old right. style kind of kind of uh, whiskey to use. So what what worked for you? What was the flavor profile you were going for? You know, I I don't like whiskey that that bites too hard. I don't I don't I'm not a guy. I'm not a big nose guy like the sour mashes and those kinds of things. You know you. You take a sip of that and whoosh, it goes right up your nose as far as, you know, you can really smell it and taste it really strong. Not big into that, but I like I like a whiskey that just rolls and it just rolls down the back of your throat and leaves a good taste in your mouth. I've always liked that kind of caramel finish if you can get those on some of those whiskeys out there. And um, this blend you're drinking, Redneck Riviera uh, whiskey, there's American rye in that. There's American malt in that. Okay, I wasn't crazy. There is a bit of spice that hits on yes, the finish there. And very often, you know, in, in, with more and more with rye, rye are getting sweeter, but it really depends on where the rye is coming from. Like a Midwest rye versus a New York rye right. is, is kind of different. But this has has uh, the sweet, the caramel, almost a butterscotch on the yeah. tip of the tongue, but it hits about mid-chest with That's some right. of that spice as, as That's it happens. Right. I'm a trained That's professional. Right. Good, good for you, man. What are you... You're, you, you should do this for a living. Hey, professional whiskey drinker. I love it. Well, yeah, actually, I source um, my, my, my rye and malts come from the Midwest. So you brought that up. That's that's where we actually source those from. So I put this blend together where like my wife is not a whiskey drinker. She goes, I don't drink whiskey. It burns. You know, it's it's too rough. I said, I'm going to see if I can build one smooth enough where even my wife would drink it. And sure enough, we did. And she actually drinks it now. And she actually goes looking for it sometimes but a cool story on this tony is the last person i ran this by before i put it out and i went through over 200 variations in the course of nine months of this blend to dial in what you're drinking right now i finally got it what i thought was it and i called up the most experienced whiskey drinker i personally know at this point she was 86 my 86 year old granny rich who's been sipping whiskey since World War II. Really? Still runs her own business. Even right now during the coronavirus, she's, she, she's an alterations expert. So right now she's uh, hemming somebody's wedding dress. I mean, 88 years old now. I took it to Granny. She set a shot glass down on her sewing machine. She's got a lit Marlboro red. I said, all right, <laughs> Granny, toss it back. Let me know what you think. She smells it. She goes, smells good. I said, well, taste it. She took a tiny little sip. She goes, that's really smooth. I said, how smooth is it, Granny? And she goes, bam. She goes, about that smooth. I said, can I tell America it's Granny Rich approved? And she went. 
Rich Granny Rich approved. Put it out. And so Wait, did, I knew I had it. Did she sound that good or is she more Suzanne Plachette with the, oh, it's just the best, honey. No. Oh, the flavor. <laughs> she doesn't have that voice. She's, she's got this little kind of Texas draw voice because that's where she's from, Texas. So, you know, for me, it's a, it's a family thing. Matter of fact, there's another one. Uh, we came out with about a year ago called it's this called Granny Rich Reserve, and so hey, look this, at that. this is the same blend as what you're drinking, but it's four years older and it's 86 proof because Granny was 86 when we developed it. Look, there she is, right there, huh? <laughs> the the I do, off. right there, so, man. Uh, so it, it, it's a it's a fun thing to do, and and um, you know I, I'm the kind of guy that I was taught growing up. It doesn't matter if you're broke, rich, or somewhere in the middle always gives back to people that need it. Give your tithe back. My dad's a preacher, so he taught me about tithe when I yeah. was four years old. So with Redneck Riviera Whiskey, I give 10%, a full 10 of the profits on every bottle sold throughout the United States to the Folds of Honor, which is a group that puts kids through college who lost a parent in combat. And in the past 24 months, Redneck Riviera has now funded over 100 college grants through the Folds of Honor with that 10% give back. That is very cool. That is very cool. Now, th- there are other things about you, of course, the, the, the musical career, but people don't know you have a restaurant there uh, in, in, the, in the Nashville area. So when we talk about, you know, living in coronavirusville, right, and, and, and what we're all experiencing right now, you're on, like, multiple sides of this, right? You're, yeah. You've got employees that right now you can't have the restaurant open. You're, you're trying to sell this, right? You're, you're selling the whiskey, right. but those stores are having issues staying open. What has, what has well, the impact been touring? for you? Oh, tourism for sure, right? Rich. Oh, yeah. So there's no concerts. All the concerts are gone until further notice. Uh, Redneck Riviera downtown in Nashville closed until further notice, just like everybody else. Um, but we made a conscious decision in, in both of those big platforms in Redneck Riviera and in Big and Rich that we're continuing to pay all of our people and nobody's missed a paycheck. And that puts you in the red in your business. That's tough on a business. I mean, you've got no money coming in and all the money's going out. But, you know, in my world, we decided people are your real bottom line. You know, those numbers, those numbers will turn around when the, when everything turns back on. But people are your real bottom line and look out for your people, you know, and remember what it's like to go month to month. You know, there's a lot, many Americans, probably a majority of Americans go month to month. They need that paycheck. Almost well, definitely. Right. Though, yeah. Even though it's not good for the bottom line, people are the bottom line and it's good for those people. So we've made that we made that adjustment. So you, like a lot of businesses, I, I get the the adjustment. I, w- I want you to walk me through like like the daily toll, right? So so in my world, my business, I have two part-time people on, on the social media side and things like that. I, I, I keep them on, we keep going. But I have purposely created a, a, a non-overhead lifestyle, right? That's what, right? that's what works for me. Restaurant business I've done before. That's overhead. The touring, I cannot even begin to understand all the people in, in all the places. Those yeah. people do not have jobs right now. So in, in the in the toll of it, like, like what is what is your daily day of people talking to you about the economics, talking to you about uh, their issues? What are, like, I mean, they're, they're come, taking care of your people is one thing, but there is only so much you can do. And what are they right. like? What are they telling you? What are those stories? Well, so you're talking about bus drivers, sound guys. Uh, instrumentalists, you're talking about bartenders, waiters, barbacks, 
day managers, night managers, bands, uh, sound guys, light guys, um, security guys. I mean, it is hundreds of people uh, that I employ in one way or the other. So the deal that just passed today uh, that, that Congress, or uh, I guess sent, the Senate passed it and hopefully the House passes it here, or maybe they have since we've been on the on the uh, call. No, here. no, no. We won't see that until well, when people see this, maybe. But it, 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 it went through on a, on a Thursday and we're recording on a Thursday. The House won't see it until got until it. Okay. Friday. Well, well, that that bill, um, if that goes through, uh, there's a provision in there for small business, which that's what Big and Rich is. That's what Redneck Riviera is. And my understanding of it is, is that if you use the money allowed for you to have towards payroll, that it's a forgivable loan, which is an awesome thing. So to answer your question, yes, you can't go into perpetuity bleeding hundreds of thousands of dollars in payroll and no money's coming in. So that's a big deal that's happening right now. And, and it's going to keep um, everybody employed and keep everybody, um, business owners like myself, from potentially going under. I mean, it's, you know, if you go on six, seven months uh, with that kind of thing, yeah, you're, you're looking at a different situation. So I, I we're think all that, hoping this is over within the next 60 days or so. Yeah, uh, <laughs> sooner than that, sooner uh, than I, that I, I, I would yeah. like. I think that people don't quite get the idea of you as small business owner. You're a successful, rich rock and roll star, right? And you got your own whiskey and, and grandma is smoking Marble Reds and, and never has to worry. And, and you got the restaurant there. And, and that scene behind you, that, that, that ain't, that ain't the restaurant, is it? That's, that's. No, I'm actually, I'm actually sitting in my house right now. So this is my, this is my bar. That's your, that's your seat down there. You can't sit next to me. This no. You got to sit down. What? No, I'll let you sit next to me. You're nice. I'll let oh. you sit next to me. I was, I was, but like, but like, but, but when, I'm when just, man, I'm poking at you. I know, I know, I know, baby. Uh, when people like, like talk about these things, like they're, they think that small business is, is not you. You don't need this. I don't think they understand, you know, what small business is. I don't think people understand the hundreds of people it takes for the whole concert experience to take right. place. All the back of house staff you have in, in that restaurant world, the, uh, the, the cooks, the sous chefs, uh, the dishwashers, uh, the, the marketing side of things and, and, and everything else. So if, if you were to, I mean, I don't want you to get into numbers unless you want to get into numbers. If you were just on, on the big and rich side, right? What, what kind of payroll on a monthly basis are we talking about here that doesn't have that income coming in from ticket sales and other things to make it an untenable thing to keep going at this stake for you? I mean, it's it's enough that if it went on for month after month after month, uh, you know, you'd be looking at, you know, you just made a great point because to put on a big and rich show or to go do a nationwide 60 city tour, you're talking about 18 wheelers and you're talking about. Uh, tour buses and sound equipment and all the personnel it takes to set that stuff up and tear it back down. When you talk about a bar like Redneck Riviera, I mean, these are, you know, people that work down there, everything from college kids to moms and dads, people with kids at home. Matter of fact, we hire veterans uh, to come work for us and active duty. We've got guys and girls that when they come home from deployment, they're working security or being bartenders down at Redneck Riviera. So it's those paychecks matter to those folks. But Yes, you can do it for a while, but it, it is untenable to do for the long run because guess what? Uh, everybody else has to get paid, too. Your property taxes have to get paid. All your taxes, those are still due. Nobody cares if you don't make any money. You still owe money on your property taxes, right? And, and a bunch of other things that pile up like that. So uh, we're looking on the bright side and, and uh, glad to see Congress finally doing something and, 
and uh, hopefully it's a stopgap long enough for uh, this thing to flesh itself out and let's get back to work. So what is next in the world of, of uh, bourbon or whiskey, right? You got the two. Well, is, so is there more stuff coming? Well, you know, one thing going on right now is people are, you know, their money, they don't want to spend any money if they don't have to. And I don't blame them, obviously. Uh, so rednecriviera.com, we talked about those 10,000 stores across America that, that my whiskey is in. If you go to rednecriviera.com, on the very front page, it says store locator. You click that, put in your zip code, and boom, all the stores pop up. Well, what I did, thinking about all these folks out there that, by God, they do need a cocktail right now, if ever they need a cocktail now. Uh, I'm actually put a, a coupon on there you can download that knocks $8 off of Redneck Riviera Whiskey nationwide. So I've been telling go. people, go get it, save yourself some money, have some fun. And it's still that 10% going to Folds of Honor. You know, don't forget about people that still need help. And right now, pretty much everybody needs help. But if you can manage to continue to be charitable, do it. And that's what I'm doing with my business, no matter what happens. That is the and job. I, I got to tell, tell you this, man. Go. So I wrote a song. People are like, well, what are, you, what are you doing with all your spare time? Well, obviously, I keep my uh, I keep my survival supplies around. But I keep this around, too, right? Because right. uh, that's, that's what I do. So two days ago, I wrote this song called Stay Home. And I'm actually going to be performing it uh, tomorrow night on a live stream through Fox Nation and FoxNews.com. All their platforms are putting it out. But I'll tell you some of the lyrics. You want to hear it? Yeah, no, yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. What are you kidding? Okay, it goes, it Entertain goes. me, son. Here we go, sir. You you just drink my whiskey and let me tell you some, some fun lyrics. We're all about half crazy. Kids are bouncing off the wall. Yoga done got canceled. Mama's pacing down the hall. Homeschool's now in session and I'm pulling out my hair. It's halfway through the morning and I'm still in my underwear. Stay home. Stay home. No reason in the world for you to roam. We're all in this together. No, friends, you ain't alone. All you got to do is stay home. All you need now is a dog and a pickup truck, son. That is it. That is it. Wait, before we go, before we go, uh, John Rich, uh, why Redneck Riviera? I thought Redneck was one of those kinds of terms that was unacceptable and indecent and, and, and bigoted and how dare you. Have, how have you not been attacked for calling it Redneck Riviera? You know, Redneck Riviera Whiskey is in Walmart, Publix, Safeway, Vons, Albertsons. It's in all the big chains around the U.S., Winn-Dixie. And, you know, you know what the word redneck means, where that came from? It's from people that work all day outside, bent over, doing hard work, and they get a sunburn on their neck. That's where that comes from. He's got a redneck. Farmers, construction workers, you know, guys that do the hard jobs and gals that do those hard jobs. And so Redneck Riviera is that is that phrase that they use for the Gulf Coast, the most beautiful beaches in America. But you can afford to go there, unlike the French Riviera, which you can't afford to go to. And so I just always loved that phrase. And I decided I'm going to build this super premium, one of a kind whiskey and make it affordable. Those bottles, Tony, are like twenty four ninety nine in the local store, sometimes less than that. So I've made it affordable. I played off that phrase because it is the work hard, play hard Americans that make this country turn. And ultimately, they're the ones that are going to get us back on track. It is Redneck Riviera. Uh, you can uh, get, was it rednecriviera.com? Is that it? Rednecriviera.com. Put in your zip code. You'll find a store near you, I promise. That man right there is John Rich. I appreciate you uh, taking the time. I'm Tony Katz. Uh, there is much more virtual bourbon coming in your life. Uh, go to YouTube and be sure to subscribe. And on Facebook, facebook.com slash Tony Katz Radio. To your health, young man. Cheers, brother. There you go. Stay safe. Stay home.
Well, as long as I've got this, I might as might as well. Right here. Mm. Ah. Brilliant, man. Perfect. That was right, it. Brother. So it's one thing to have to deal with coronavirus, but a lot of people are trying to figure out spirituality in the age of coronavirus. I mean, these things happen. God always comes into play. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Virtual Bourbon. Now, Rabbi Ben Sendro uh, is my rabbi. I mean, I, I didn't have to go far to find him. He was he was right there uh, waiting for me. Uh, he is a longtime rabbi. He is a man who is all things Philadelphia at all times Philadelphia. I mean, he has an obsession, and it's not healthy or okay by any measure. He also smokes cigars with me. He also is known uh, to have a drink. He also spent time as a police chaplain, and he's very much known for being the rabbi who spoke in front of a very large crowd here in my beloved Indianapolis, Indiana, after the shooting that took place at the Tree of Life Synagogue. And a lot of people got to know him uh, from that. And with him, I want to get into this idea of spirituality in the age of coronavirus. But first, of course, it is uh, virtual bourbon. I have my glass right here. Uh, I am doing what is known as a big house right here. So this is a big house bourbon. Uh, now, big house bourbon is not a big name. It is not a well-known name uh, at all, but what it is, is actually very good. Tried this for the first time on the Eat, Drink, Smoke podcast that I do, and I found that it was, what well, was terrific. It's, it's not necessarily syrupy, but it has this wonderful caramel tone. It has a little bit of these dark fruits. Sometimes you'll think of, uh, of, a, of a drink maybe having... Like, like a fruity note, but as you do it more and you get more practice into it, and there's a question, there's a difference between fruity notes and dark fruits, the plums, the dark cherries, the things like that. This has more of those, to me, a dark notes. This actually comes out of Indiana, even though it's not bottled in Indiana, because there's a major uh, maker of bourbon here in Indiana that actually does incredible work. And so I'm doing bourbon, and you, Rabbi, you said I have no time for your silly games, and you went right with, uh, right with the scotch. Well, you know, I got sick in college on bourbon once. Once you've been, <laughs> but, you know, that ruined it for me. So, yeah, I'm, uh, and I got, I have to tell you, I wish my parents had been alive to hear that introduction. Oh yeah, because my, yeah, my dad would have loved it, and my mom would have believed it, and uh, <laughs> it was great. But uh, here's what I'm doing: my bourbon always comes from Scotland. Right, because it's not bourbon, it's scotch. The Aberfeldy. Um, that is actually a rather interesting uh, scotch. I have reviewed that on the Eat, Drink, Smoke podcast that I do, which is a review of bourbon and, and, and cigars. But so is is the scotch all about that one incident in college, which has very often affected people in many ways, or is there something to the taste? Do you do you prefer the peat, the moss, the, the smoky to those, like those smoke. fruit flavors? Yeah, I do. I do. I do like that better. But just the smell of the bourbon is enough to trigger unpleasant memories. Well, I got nothing but time and a full glass, so let's start with the stories. Wait a second. Well, what do you mean strange stories? What happened? I don't recall. <laughs> <laughs> but it couldn't have been good. Well, listen, uh, to your health, I, 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 I cheer you. And to you, L'chaim. Ah, L'chaim, indeed. I, I, you know, I, I'm glad you had the time. And 
we have seen a lot about churches uh, in in regards to coronavirus and synagogues because it was just a maybe a week ago at this time that Israel said we're shutting down synagogues. And now over the last like really two days, it's been about churches defying orders in the United States and wanting to have these large gatherings. And you have the vice president, Mike Pence, uh, uh, saying you shouldn't have a gathering more than 10 people. And now you've got this this pastor, I think is in Pennsylvania, Swafford, who's like, I want to have the Woodstock of, of church events. So before we get into the spirituality part, um, do you, do you need to be at the synagogue? Do you need to be at the church as you see it? Is there some better connection to God there than, than in my home? Absolutely not. The connection that's better is the connection between people that you get when you're together in person. But at this time, we're doing that virtually and we're connecting virtually. And it's a, it's a lot better than not having that technology available to us at all and not being able to connect at all. I certainly don't think uh, defying the the recommendations of the the real experts like Dr. Fauci makes any sense whatsoever. I can't can't imagine that would make God happier than living in a way that keeps his children safe and healthy. Uh, so now now let's follow up, you know, when this is this is ugly. Now, in terms of total death rate, there are things that are uglier out there in, in, in the world. I don't want to overplay it. I don't want to downplay it. I want to be rather honest about what it is uh, that that we're looking at, what it is that we're seeing. This is pretty terrible, and people uh, are being hurt. I know people who have coronavirus. You know people who have uh, coronavirus. How do you, how do you answer the question, which is maybe it's an insulting question. I don't. I. I but I think it's it's. It is the question, um, how do you answer the question when people say to you, uh, young or old, how can this happen in, in, the, in the 21st century? How can God let this happen? My answer to how can God let this happen is to draw a distinction between God and nature. I believe God is good and I believe God is moral. I don't believe either of those things about nature, which is not to say nature is bad or immoral. It's just that concepts like goodness and morality have nothing to do with nature. Okay. This virus is a natural phenomenon. It does not attack the immoral. It does not attack the murderers and the child molesters of the world. If nature were a moral force, that's what would happen. But that's not what happened. We were designed to have a finite lifespan, so imperfection was introduced by God into the equation. Once it's there, it's there. And I am not one who believes that God is choosing who will get the virus, who will not get it, who will recover from it, who will not recover from it. This is nature and science, and I think where God and religion come in is providing comfort to those who are ill and comfort to those who have family and friends who are ill and connecting us as a community. All right. I've never, I've never done that in, in separating. This is, this is not religion. This is nature, which is an interesting way to look at it, but it, 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 
It doesn't have people saying, yeah, but 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 God still covers covers it all. I mean, I maybe maybe I'm being rudimentary in in the conversation. But it still does come up. You know, I'll see people who, uh, you know, they'll recover. And on the Facebook post will be like, praise God. And, I'm like, and, and I say to myself, uh, shouldn't you be praising medicine? Shouldn't you be praising those doctors? Shouldn't you be praising the ventilator? I'm not so sure if praising God is the, the way it should go when there are people who don't make it. Were they not praising God enough? Right, exactly. That's exactly why I can't believe that God is deciding who gets infected or of the infected who recovers. Again, if that were the case, what we would be seeing is people of poor moral character getting sick and dying and people of wonderful moral character staying healthy or recovering. That's if God were controlling things. Either that or we have to give up the idea that God is good, and I'm not prepared to do that. Right. So I'm much more prepared to give up the idea that God's controlling all of these variables. Um, can I take a— Yeah, of course. Well, can you? There are rules? Of course you can. Please. I've been, I've been, I'm already on my third glass. All right. But that, that's an— that is an interesting take and one that I had not uh, considered and, and certainly had not put into my head. And I, and as you have been, been, you know, in the interesting side of this as a rabbi, people call you and like, Hey, someone's sick or Hey, someone has passed. So first things first, have you gotten a call from anybody? And you don't have to certainly use names where someone's passed because of coronavirus, where you were, had you, you intervened in, 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 in a way. No, I have not gotten that call. I'm terribly afraid that it's coming. Right. One of our members is very, very sick uh, and may not survive, may survive. And, you know, just to get back to what you were talking about, I can't help myself. God willing, he'll survive. Now, that contradicts everything I just said. Right. But I have to I admit that. And here's my justification. When I say God willing, it is a purely emotional statement on my part that I emotionally have to make. I can't say, I hope he gets better. I hope I have to say, God willing, he'll get better. But if you push me and you say, now, wait a minute, do you really think you're saying that is going to affect the outcome of his case? No, it's emotion on my part. And well, emotion is in a, in a lot of people's parts, right? Emotion is all over uh, this, all all over uh, this story. Uh, not saying that we have anything that could come close to this, right? Whether you want to talk about MERS or, or SARS, there was not this level of reaction to it. There wasn't this level of stay at uh, home c- kind of uh, orders that are happening there in, in a multiplicity uh, of the states. And and we should get into, you know, how you think police are dealing with it as a man who has uh, actually wor- worn the uniform. Uh, but when you see moments like this happen, um, a, a seminal moment, let's call it a, a September 11th type moment, um, a moment of when the markets uh, fail and people's businesses fail, and certainly we're seeing that now, a moment like this, do people come to you and talk about their faith being rocked? Do they do they leave the synagogue like, okay, clearly there's no God. We're done here. I got to go. Does that 
happen? Do you ever counsel people on that subject? I do. And I don't see people leaving the synagogue over it. Um, what I'll get frequently, not exclusively, but frequently, are people coming in to talk to me over their feelings of guilt because they're angry at God for what's going on. And they feel guilty at being angry at God. My response to that is it is a deeply religious thing to get angry at God. You see, I'm just the opposite. I'm usually angry with God. Well, and so that seems to be my default. That's fine. Let me ask you this. How often are you angry at the Easter Bunny? I, I, I am, um, since I'm a fan of Cadbury eggs, very rarely. Very there, rarely indeed. There you go. Uh, people don't get angry at Santa Claus, at least not adults. People don't get angry at the Easter Bunny or the Tooth Fairy. People get angry at God who believe in God. And my argument is God's shoulders are broad enough to deal with uh, your being angry at him, even if it's not entirely justified, which goes back to what I was saying before about God not controlling everything, which is radical. That's a radical statement. I admit it. It's radical. I don't know if it's radical or pragmatic, to be honest. I'm not, I'm not actually sure which way uh, that, that one goes. I, I think it's interesting um, that people would reach out because their, their, their issue is that they're they're upset with themselves for being angry at God? Are they are they upset with themselves for being angry at God because they don't believe they should ever be angry with God, or are they saying to themselves, "I know that's a completely and totally irrational thought," right? Because sometimes we utilize God in the ether as opposed to in a in a more like like daily living sense. Which one is it? It's the former. It's they they feel that their feelings are inappropriate. It's not right to, to be angry at God. Um, but my question would be, why not? I mean, in our tradition, Abraham got angry with God when God wanted to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham argued very, very forcefully before he remembered to whom he was speaking and changed his tone, but continued to argue. Uh, it's an interesting thing. The word Israel means the ones who wrestle with God. So uh, it's kind of in our DNA to, um, to, to, to argue even with God himself. Yeah, but I got to assume there are people out there who aren't Jewish who are, are, also, uh, are also wrestling uh, with it. And that, I mean, these things, I guess, have a way to kind of pile on or one thing leads to another. Uh, and that's, you know, when out of sight, out of mind is real. You know, we already see conversations about religion and, and, and where it fits in people's lives in today's America and, and kind of downslides and youth, if you will, getting involved in religion. Sometimes people come back to religion. I think I'm one of those uh, kinds of, of people, or at least trying to find my way uh, through. Um, is there a, a feel from synagogues, other rabbis, that when you have people detached, right, separated from the house of worship, from that community, if you will, kind of feel, neighborhood kind of feel, that they grow accustomed to it and stay detached? Or do you make effort to 
try and remind people that this will pass and we got to all bring it back in because this is this is the center of uh, that experience. Your home and this home are the same home. Yeah, I think that's really important. Uh, I think it's important for us to emphasize that the current normal will not be the permanent normal. Um, I'm noticing an increase in attendance at services um, when we're doing it via teleconferencing software versus people who would be showing up if the building were open and we were operating normally. Um, I would say 20% more. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is that because you look so dang sexy on Zoom? I rather doubt it, but I'd like to believe it. See, yeah. if, I, if I only use Zoom, I don't use Zoom. See, that's that's what I, I mean, you still look great. Don't get me wrong. I just I just don't use 20. I think that's pretty interesting. Is it is it uh, are, are people like is it uh, interactive in a way? Like, do people get to ask questions? Is it? Is it just you and, 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 and the cantor, right, who, who, who sings a lot of the blessings for people who don't know? Um, is, is it that? What, where, where does that, do you think that comes from? It, it's none of what you just said. I'm the only one in the sanctuary. The cantor is not there. Okay. And I'll tell you what, I have newfound respect and admiration for what you do. I came home last Saturday really tired. It was our first Saturday morning service. And my wife said, why are you tired? You started an hour late. You know, we started at 10 instead of 9. I said, because from the time I said Shabbat Shalom at 9 o'clock until the service was finished at 12, I could never shut up for one second. I was the only one there. If I'm not talking, it's dead air. Welcome to every day of my life. That's a a newfound, and you know how much I respected you before, but an even higher level. Ah, that's that's lofty stuff. That's Rabbi Ben Sendro. Uh, uh, when, when you have the Aberfeldy uh, right there, um, is, is that your go-to scotch, or what? What is Rabbi Ben Sendro's go-to? What what what's in the liquor cabinet at home, waiting for him later? For special occasions, it would be Lagavulin. It would, I'm sorry, it would be what? Lagavulin. Oh, I don't know it. Oh, it stumped a- me. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that was possible. Really peaty, smoky. So from the lowlands or from the, from the Islay? I think from the lowlands, but now you've got me semi-stumped. Okay. So very peaty, very mossy. See, you, it, I got off scotch because I used to do it with a cigar, and they would compete in flavor. I didn't want to compete. I, I right. just wanted to win. I just wanted the cigar. All right. right. So uh, I don't even know how to spell that. So I'm going to let other people figure that out. And if it's not a special occasion, it's just you uh, after a long day, uh, perhaps a ratty uh, Philadelphia Phillies uh, T-shirt, maybe pants. Uh, what, do, what, do you, uh, what, what, what are you drinking? Balvini, uh, which is my, one of my other favorite single malts. Or, you know, sometimes, you, you, you know, you're really counting the, the pennies, and then I'll pull out Dewar's, which was my father's favorite, Dewar's White Label. My it was everybody's father's favorite. Right. Are you kidding? That or, right. that or Johnny Walker Red, just exactly. sitting somewhere in the back of a liquor cabinet. All our parents did that. Exactly. 
Someone just gave my son a bottle of Johnny Walker Blue. Oh, you should steal that bottle. You're, uh, you're, I've met your son. He doesn't deserve it. Yeah, and he has no idea what he's got. Well, you know what? D- tell him, hey, the red's prettier. You know what? Yeah. It's okay. It's okay to dupe our children. God said. Yeah, there you go. He didn't say. That's Rabbi Ben uh, Sendro. I uh, appreciate you taking the time. CST Rabbi, if you want to find him on Twitter, CST, that's for Congregation Share Tefila. Uh, CST Rabbi on Twitter. So follow him. Uh, Rabbi uh, as again, and, and to your health, and let us all stay strong. Lachaim, thank you. Thank you for having me. Always, baby. Always. That's right. I call my rabbi baby. <laughs> 